Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast. This is episode number 185, entitled, Why You Should Automate All the Things with James Rose. It was published on Thursday the 25th of June 2020. My name's Nathan Wrigley and before we start, if I could just let you know about a few things, the usual housekeeping if you like, please head over to wpbuilds.com, that is our website where we put pretty much all of our content, but there's a few links in particular I'd like to mention. So for example, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe allows you to subscribe to, well, two things. The first one is a newsletter telling you when we produce content like this podcast. And the other one is letting you know about when we hear about deals. So for example, maybe a particular plugin has gone on offer. Well, we'll let you know about that as soon as we hear about it. There's also opportunities on that page for you to subscribe to us on your favorite podcast player. And please, could I encourage you to join our Facebook group? There's a link on there, but it's wpbuilds.com forward slash Facebook because we have over 2,600 very polite WordPressers and you might find that it's a community that you wish to engage with. Another page would be wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. It's a list of products and services in the WordPress space, and the owners of those products have decided to give WP Builds listeners a bit of a discount. So there's coupon codes over there. It's searchable and filterable, and it's there 365 days of the year. Another option is wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise if, like AB split test, you would like to have your product or service put in front of a WordPress specific audience. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Test in record time, like in a couple of minutes? Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. Check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Okie dokie. Right, just one final thing before we get started. On Tuesday, from now on for the next few weeks, I'm going to be doing a mini podcast series. It's a live podcast series with Sabrina Zayden. Now, we're sort of slightly oddly calling this WordPress plugin startup from zero to 10,000 installs, which is a slightly tongue in cheek way of saying things, because what we're doing is we're going from a well, we're going on a journey from no experience to hopefully a little bit of experience about how to launch a plugin. Sabrina has her SpeedGuard plugin, and I'm helping Tom Carlos promote his AB split test plugin. And so the idea is that we go through each week a few things that we've learnt on the previous week's journey. We're a couple of episodes in now and the feedback has been really good. We've had some people joining us on the live, uh, giving us their experience and the benefits of their knowledge about plugin launches already. And we've had people chipping in some good ideas. So just to say that that's going live, it's going to be on a Tuesday, 2 p.m. UK time. You can find that at wpbuilds.com forward slash live. But come and join us. It seems to be a really interesting little project that we're running at the moment. 
Okay, what about today's podcast though? So we're on to episode number 185. I'm joined by James Rose. Now James has been on the podcast a couple of times before and at the end of this podcast we do touch on the product that he's mentioned on previous episodes, that is Content Snare. He talks about how that's been updated and what's what's been going on over there. But the main thrust of this podcast is all about automating things and making it so that you don't have to spend time doing the boring jobs. Now James is a real expert in this area and as you'll find out he's got a course about how to do all the things automate all the things with zapier or zapier depending on how you pronounce it and he talks about why you might want to do this how you could do this when the situation isn't appropriate and so on so it's a really interesting conversation i know of no other person who is more an expert than james is so it's well worth a listen i hope you enjoy it Hello there, welcome to the WP Builds podcast. Thanks for making it to the interview. Really appreciate you sticking around. I am joined today by James or Jimmy Rose. It doesn't really matter. We just had the discussion. Hiya, James. <laughs> Nathan, it is brilliant to be here. I am doing good. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, good. Uh, interestingly, we didn't talk about this. You're in Australia, right? And uh, yes. the time we're recording this, Australia is massively in the news over here for um, for the the bushfires that are going on. Any any chance that you're going to have to sort of leg it at some point during this interview? No, like what they tend to report in uh, the news is that like all of Australia is on fire. Yeah. Um, uh, I shouldn't I shouldn't laugh at all, but because uh, it's obviously devastating. Uh, but it's mostly down south where okay. we are, right? So. Um, yeah, around Melbourne and Sydney are kind of copying it pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but up in Brisbane, most of the serious fires up here, I think, from my understanding, are pretty much gone. Uh, and we just have a little bit of haze occasionally. But I heard today that the hay- the smoke from those fires had made it to Chile across wow. the entire ocean Pacific. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, good luck if um, if you're involved in that. I hope it works out for you. But we're not here to talk about bushfires. We're actually here to talk about all sorts of things. Uh, largely, we're going to be focusing on something which I am so not qualified to talk about, which, uh, which I guess is good that James is here because he is. We're going to talk about automations and specifically automations based around Zapier. Now, I want to say Zapier but every time I hear somebody else say it, they say Zapier, and I have no yeah, idea. They're which... saying it wrong. Um, you, you've got that absolutely right. Uh, it's Zapier. Is it because it's a zap, right? And you don't mm-hmm. you don't create a zape. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's absolutely spot on. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, I mean, the way it's spelled, it does look like Zapier. Um, I've even heard someone say Zapier once, ah. um, which is. Yes. Off, well off yeah okay so you're a you're a heavy user of zapier you, you we should say that you've got many um irons in the fire you've got quite a few things going on there's a, a, a successful SaaS app which you have called content snare which we may very well get onto but i don't know if you've actually used zapier in conjunction with content snare but uh, you should probably go and check that out see what jim is all about um that's at contentsnare.com um but we're here to talk about zapier so first things up when we talk about automation obviously the idea is that you know you want to achieve things without actually doing any amount of work at the time <laughs> the work is done but automation requires that you do a lot of work up front is it first question is it is it always worth it are there situations where do you know what just do this manually son don't bother wasting time creating a a zap or an automation because there's just not enough traffic in this for you yeah absolutely um just one thing quickly with automation it's it's 
like not generally i mean so it's not spe- specific to zapier right like I, I try to automate things as much as i can and you opened by saying you're like the least qualified uh person whereas you know beforehand you were telling me about a, an app called descript which for podcasting is basically like a whole bunch of automation right got it uh, so you're clearly doing a lot of automation. Uh, it's just a different type, you know, you're not specifically using Zapier. Like there are other, are other ways to automate stuff and save time without specifically that. That's just where I spend a lot of my time. Uh, but, but to answer your question, um, yeah, I, there are definitely times where I like over-engineer the hell out of things and spend a bunch of time creating some kind of automation and like it never really pays back its time. But for the most part, I kind of see it like uh, investing money. You know, like if you go and put a hundred bucks in an index fund or something, you expect to pay a little back um, each time and whatever. Um, I see it the same with time invested with automation. So it might take me an hour to set up some kind of automation that might only save me five minutes a week, which kind of sounds like a waste, right? If you spend an hour doing something and save five minutes, but after 12 weeks, that that's break even, right? You're, you've got your time back. Um, right. And then from then on, you save five minutes a week, which still doesn't save like sound like much. But if you do this like 20 times, you know, that's starting to add up really quick. Uh, and I, like I did the maths in my account. And I think it runs nine to 10,000 tasks per month. Tasks is a, um, a zappier word, but, you know, it's just like for an action. It's doing something, right? Um, and if you were, if you say maybe 30 seconds per task, that adds up to about 75 hours or something. A month. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. Right. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, and it's taken a long time to get there. Uh, you know, you don't just magically start saving 70 hours or whatever, um, on the first week you're using it, but I've been using it for a few years now. And the side benefit of, of all these things adding up, like, sorry, so the, the time saved adds up, but then the side benefit is that you get better at making the automations right. as well. So it doesn't take you an hour anymore. It takes you 10 minutes to right. do the same thing. Yeah, and I think this is the problem. This is where I fall off the radar absolutely every time is in the process of setting them up. But something happens, and I think I could automate this. So I go into uh, Zapier because I, I realize that the app that I'm using has a Zapier connection, and therefore it should be easy. And I get partway through mm. setting up the automation, and then something happens. You know, I don't know, the, the child outside falls down and grazes their <laughs> knee, and I never finish it. And that, that is that is my problem. I have I have no experience in the platform. I've got no... Uh, history of working with it and so that that cliff edge where you know you get to the top and you you're actually experienced enough to do things in a tenth of the time i just haven't got to that point yet um so i'm hoping that you're going to kind of justify it but that that's incredible Mm -hmm. i have to ask right before things Mm -hmm. like zapier came along do, do you did you demonstrate kind of these habits did you always try to do these kind of things like time saving <laughs> labor saving things i don't know like to-do lists and things stapled onto the the walls of your house to, to demonstrate how to do things more quickly my brother is exactly like you in that he automates absolutely everything and i, and I can see that throughout his life he just wants everything to be efficient and he can't stand inefficiency you know he'll sort of take over the cooking regardless of whether you you want him to because he knows of a quicker way of achieving the same outcome is that you uh yeah to an extent um (laughs) i don't remember when this started but you'll love this um the fact that my previous job 
you know, when I still worked for the man, quote unquote, uh, was an automation engineer. Like this is literally everything that I've done. Like when I, I, I remember being at school and talking to the counselor and being like, I like, uh, electrical stuff and I like mechanical and I don't know what I want to do. And they were like, do you know, there's this middle ground called, um, mechatronics engineering. And that basically led into a control systems automation career. So I kind of joke that using Zapier and these other automation tools is my uh, fix because I don't get to automate big machinery anymore. Yeah. Now it's just like pushing data around the internet, but um, it's kind of the way I get my little fix and get my kick. Uh, you know, when I, when I fire up a Zap and it works and I can see, you see everything sort of happening uh, without me and, like that gives gets me super excited, which is kind of weird, I know, but I think a lot of developers can relate to that too. Yeah. You know, like if you're writing some code and, like, I don't know, man, I mean, I've done some little happy dances around the office when I've like fixed something or written some code and it works. I don't know if you're the same. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally get it. I just wondered if there was something in the the sort of personality type because I, I, clearly there's a there's a disconnect between you know you actually push through and get it done and and I somehow yeah fall off fall off the radar. Okay, so why why have you chosen Zapier um, as the, the the primary method through which you do this? Is it just because like okay, so let's take a step back. I, I know of three platforms which purport to do things, automations online and connect various SaaS apps and so on. And the ones that, that I know of are, I don't even know how to say this, if that one. IFTTT. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. If this, then that. So IFTTT is the acronym. And there's also another one which is like a more visual-based tool, which is called Integromat. And then, of course, the Zapier, which is like the, I think, the giant of all three of those. Is there any particular reason to choose one over the other? Do you, do you believe that one has a better interface than the other? Or just is it just yeah. because Zapier came along, you liked it, and you've stuck with it? Well, I actually use all three okay. for different things. Um, there are actually other tools as well um, that I, I've kind of had a quick look at, but those three you mentioned are the only three that I'm actively using. Um, so IFTTT is more for home automation, Internet of Things kind of stuff. Right. Like and you can you can see that pretty quickly by going through their list of apps and things they support and there's like fridges and stuff in there, um, <laughs> like very Internet of Thingsy type stuff. Um, more personal. Uh, there are business apps in there like um, Trello and Google Drive and there are a lot of stuff you can do for your business, um, but it's kind of limited, right? So if this then that is very simple. It's that that it's in the name it's if this then that if one thing happens do this one thing and that's kind of the end right whereas with zapier you build multi-step zaps where you can say if this happens then do this and this and this and if these conditions are true also do this okay you know like you can build multi-step zaps um and with conditions in there as well so that's a pretty big improvement um that's only on the paid plans um integramat takes that next level um and so and funnily enough as you step up through these different tools the complexity also increases offline earlier you said you used integramat and you were just like holy like i don't know what's going on here right yeah it's pretty it's pretty intense user <laughs> interface with lots of circles connected with arrows and <laughs> yeah. yeah and that that's the easy bit once yeah. you start digging into the like behind each one of those circles their interface becomes 
pretty awful. Like, it's clearly one of these, like, built by developers for developers thing, even right. though they're saying it's a no-code platform. You kind of have to be a developer to understand what's going on. Mm. And they've got, like, iterators. Like, we can iterate over different things that you pull out of previous steps and, um, like, all these special objects and very code-like develop uh, the building of automations in mm. there mm. um but it is a lot more capable than zapier in in like the automation itself what makes zapier shine is the fact that it's so like because they've been doing this for so long they have a massive ecosystem of apps it's much bigger than all the other tools right like um i think what they've done to win that is actually kind of at some point, they required people to build their own integrations. So, like, Content Snare doesn't have a Zapier integration yet, but when it does, we will have to build that. Like, right. Zapier aren't going out and building the integration, and they've got that economy of whatever you call it. Like, they've hit that uh, tipping point, critical mass, whatever, you know, where they can ask people to build their own integrations. So now they just have a ton of apps that can be integrated with and right. the other the other versions just don't really have that same um, flexibility yeah I, I i confess i mean it's it's a long time since i acquired a, even a even a new startup app where there wasn't some sort of whiff of zapier in the ui you know in the admin area of whatever it was um it just seems that that's the default because that's where everybody mm -hmm. is and uh, i suppose well done to them so yeah that that's an interesting point the the amount of things in there do you know as of the writing of this is there um is there sort of like a, a like a number of apps in there i'm oh. guessing it's kind of approaching the thousands if nothing else it must um, be it must be well yeah. over a thousand yeah um, okay so pretty much I mean, everything. I actually don't know but it says on their website more than 1500 apps okay yeah, um, and essentially anything that you've bought from, you know, an enterprise level solution, I'm guessing will tie into Zapier. So anything, <clears throat> excuse me, anything from Google, anything from, um, well, just about anybody. The the question that I have is, when I go into Zapier and I begin looking at my automations, as I said, I, I somehow can't push through. Um, and it's it's largely, I think, to do with the fact that I'm really unclear about what it is that I'm trying to achieve. So, what in your in your experience are good ways to begin? You know, what would be a good baby steps automation to set up? Let's say, um, in my case, I'm building websites for somebody. Can you think of really mm. interesting time saving ways that I could just start working through automations with Zapier? Yeah, so unfortunately, interesting ways tend not to be the easy ways to get started. Okay. <laughs> like generally based, you want to start with simple stuff. Um, and you also kind of, there's a, I don't know, like a catch-22. Like you said, you're approaching these without uh, really knowing what you want to do. And that's kind of critical. You have to attack this like with an idea of what you want to do. But at the same time, you don't know what's possible unless you've actually dug in and played with it before mm. so that is kind of a problem um but i think it's good to just dig in there and attack some simple stuff first you know the, the classic example is when someone fills out your contact form add them to your crm or your email system right, right. like you know that's the very bog standard integration that most people have like a lot of people will have a zapier account and that's like their only zap that they've got set up um you know, and that's like the first example I go through in my course as well. But like then you can build on that and 
you know, you could have some like a radio select in that form that selects what services they're interested in, you know, like could be web design or ads. And then you can start building in conditions like if they selected, uh, sorry, uh, when they fill out the form, add them to your CRM. And if they selected web, web design, do something else. You know, I don't know if that's like send an email to a certain person on your team or something. Right. So that, you know, you can build on these things, but the place I always uh, tell people to go to start learning is literally the Zapier website, right? So um, if you go to zapier.com, there's a couple of tabs across the top, um, one being apps and the other is explore. And apps, you can literally just search for uh, apps you're already using, you know, like you, you can put in WordPress or you can put in um, like if you're using a podcast app or Calendly, you know, you could type in Calendly or Google Sheets and just all these different things that you're using and scroll. If you go all the way to the bottom of a page, the page um, for each app, there's a section describing the triggers and actions that that app supports. A trigger being like the, the thing that fires off an automation. So, for example, you could say when someone books my uh, Calendly link, that would be a trigger. Um, add them to a spreadsheet, like add a row in a spreadsheet, that would be an action. And so you can actually just have a look through all the triggers and actions that your app, the apps you're already using, and you can see what's possible. You know, you can start building up a bit of an idea of like, oh, I could, you know, um, when this happens in this app, I could add it over here. You know, like it's kind of hard without a specific example, mm. but um, you're actually just building up this like repertoire of knowledge that is what enables you, I think, to go dig in later and actually create something. Uh, One step further than that is the explore tab in Zapier. And this is probably a bit, maybe even easier when you're first getting started. Uh, It enables you to select multiple apps on one screen. So you could get in there and like tick Calendly, uh, tick Active Campaign if you're using that for your emails, and then like Trello. And it will actually just give you a bunch of recipes for really simple apps. Uh, Like I'm just looking at one now and and it's just like create Trello cards from new rows on Google Sheets. Like I don't know if that's necessarily helpful for me, but you can just look through this like giant list of ideas that they give you and it kind of tells you what kind of stuff you can do. Right. That's I think is critical because if you don't know what's possible, then it's kind of hard to know where to start, right? Yeah. And so presumably the knowledge that you acquire from that is, okay, uh, I can now do something every time a Google Sheet gets a new line. And of course, you're not therefore limited to Calendly or you're not therefore limited to Trello or whatever it might be. You, you just now have the knowledge that, okay, Google Sheets, new line, I can do something. And now I've got to go and find out what those triggers could be and match the two up to uh, to see. So do you do you sort of take the approach that, that you do that quite a lot? You know, when you buy a piece of new software and you notice it's got Zapier, do you, is that one of the things that you do? Sort of go straight in and figure out, okay, what are all the actions that I could perform with this new thing? What are all the triggers that could be, could be achieved and so on? And indeed, do you not purchase SaaS apps because they don't have what you need? It depends. Depends how much uh, the app is like critical and, and like how much it actually needs to be integrated with things. Like not everything needs to plug in. Um, yeah, I often will because there are some apps that are kind of built poorly. Like you might think you're going to use an app to automate something and get in there and realize that it doesn't send the right data through on a trigger. 
and you can't actually do what you wanted to. So there is a lot of times they will go and check that out while I'm on a trial. But yeah, I mean, that is definitely a big concern for me, especially because like some apps have been in there for a long time and as their apps improve, like they might add a new feature that hasn't actually found its way through to the Zapier integration yet. So just because it has a Zapier integration doesn't necessarily mean that it does everything that you want. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's an interesting place to start, though. Simply look um, at those Explore um, options on the Zapier homepage and see uh, see the kind of things that are possible. And then maybe just play with the, the recipes. It was interesting to see what the sort of economic barrier to this is. You mentioned that you typically fire off about 10,000 of these tasks. So I presume that a trigger and an action combined together make a task. Is that right? So as an example, right. yep. So just just to take that a little bit further, let's say, for example, that I do add a line to a Google Doc, but instead of it going off and creating a Trello card, it creates a Trello card and it adds something to Active Campaign and it mm-hmm. does something else. Mm-hmm. Is that still one task? Three. Or, so it's That's three. three. Okay. Yes. So, you- so it's per action, uh, essentially, or per condition that passes. So like if you were to have a thing that said, um, if someone books... Um, and their name is Bob, uh, then add them to a spreadsheet. If someone named Sarah books, then it costs no tasks at all. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So, so it's only for an action that happens or a uh, filter, which is what they call conditions, okay. um, passes. I remembered um, just briefly what I was going to say before too. Like once, you're built, once you've built up this knowledge of what's possible, um, you know, you're talking about uh, the trigger of like adding a new row in a spreadsheet. Um, the fact that I know you can trigger based on that has allowed me to do different things before, right? Like, um, when people sign into our Facebook group or uh, apply to our Facebook group, they put in some information and I have a script that can dump that information into a CSV file. And so immediately because I've used Zapier, I can see that, um, with that, like all I have to do is dump that CSV into a Google sheet and set up a Zapier to trigger based on all that data. And now I can put them into my CRM or whatever. Does, I know I probably didn't describe that very well, but does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. It raises all sorts of interesting questions about you know GDPR and stuff, which we'll get onto a little bit later. But yeah, that uh, makes yeah. total sense. But get, getting back to the point I was making prior to that, um, your 10,000 zaps um, or tasks, I should say, per month, what, roughly speaking, what does that, what does that cost you? Um, I'm on a uh, prorated plan, uh, with prorated grandfathered plan. So I got in a long time ago. I think I'm paying about 50 and the same plan now is around 120, I think. Okay. Um, just, just to quickly cover, so I don't sound like a total a-hole. Um, we put them into our CRM once, like they actually set permission when they're entering the Facebook group. So I'm not like breaking GDPR stuff here. Like they explicitly ask. So. Yeah, no, but it's interesting, and, and we'll return to that point just because I presume <laughs> you could, uh, should you wish to, not um, honor things like GDPR, and, and you could kind of abuse this. Anyway, we'll, we'll come to that a little bit later. So, yeah, roughly speaking, if I signed up in this 
this, you know, the, the current pricing model that they've got, if I was to perform 10,000 tasks a month, I'd be looking at about a plan of about $120, something like that, which seems entirely fair. The other ones, are they free? Like if, if this, then that, and Integromat, do they have a pricing plan or is it just free? So they all have a free plan, right? So you can get started on all of them for free. If if this and that is actually free completely, but it's quite limited. Integromat's free plan is much less limited than Zapier. Like you can do a lot more. Um, just so you know, though, like you, you're not going to go to 120 bucks immediately, right? You're going to start on one of the smaller plans, uh, you know, probably free. Uh, I think then it starts at like, well, I'm looking now, it's $18 a month is the first plan, right? Uh, so $18.33 billed annually. Um, but that, that actually will get you started for a long time. And by the time you're up to paying 120 bucks a month, if you're saving 75 hours, like, I think that's an easy payback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, sounds <laughs> sounds extraordinarily um, economically viable. The um, one of the things which always sort of troubled me in all of this was if, if I'm automating everything, how do I know it's working? I mean, I know you can perform your presumably you can perform some sort of test at the point where you set it up and say, okay, from the data that I've supplied, we're all good. Um, I've just filled out my gravity form and look, that person is now in mm-hmm. active campaign. Tick, mm-hmm. done, forget about it, never think about it ever again. Do you do you have to go back and check this stuff? Does it have robust ways of saying this is failing, something's broken? Yes, yeah, so Zapier does. Um, I'm not so sure about, like I haven't played with Integromat enough. I, I presume they have some error logging. Um, there is some level of trust, right? Like if it was failing and just not telling you, then... I mean, there's not really much you can do about it, but Zappy is a robust enough product uh, that I have that level of trust now. And you can actually go into your task history, which is a page in Zapier, and you can see every task that's run. I think it's, uh, I'm supposed to know this because I'm a Zapier certified expert and it was on the exam, um, but I think it's up to maximum three months or 10,000 tasks, whichever is the less. Okay. Um, is the your task history. And it will actually tell you any that have had an error, any that are waiting for some reason or delayed, which ones have succeeded, which ones were filtered under conditions. Um, yeah, there's a whole lot of different sort of states. And not only that, you can actually, if one does throw an error, you can click on it and it and go through every step of the zap and see what data came in and out of each step, right? So you would be able to see the data that came from Gravity Forms and then see what got sent to Active Campaign uh, or whatever email system you're using, and that might give you a clue into why it failed. Right. So it's not just like, oh, this one failed. It actually gives you all the data that it tried to send and yep. the error that happened. So the, yeah, that's actually a, so a lot of people don't realize task history is there, uh, let alone how like how powerful it is. Mm. So it's yeah, another one of those things I go over in the course because it's just like that's how you debug. Yeah. Okay. Um, does it, it just sort of an interesting idea there? So, if for example, I fire a gravity form and it sends data, uh, I don't know, to my WordPress website, but then also as part of the integration, it's sending stuff to Zapier, and Zapier at that point is consuming that data, doing whatever it's been told to do with it, and then pushing it to wherever it's supposed to be pushed to. Have you ever had a problem with the 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 first part of that chain, if you like, the gravity forms bit that I've just described failing and nothing going to Zapier? So Zapier's got nothing to show for it. Have you ever had problems with that? Uh, not really, unless it's like something's been blocked yeah. uh, somewhere. Like that, might, there may be an issue on a, a web server or something. But yeah. 
yeah, generally, if you don't see it show up in task history, it means you've got a problem at the source. Yeah. You know, like it, it, Gravity Forms isn't doing its job uh, or, you know, Active Campaign's not doing its job. But generally, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, and something I just go to support for, for yeah. the source. Yeah. And presumably, you know, if you've got like a WordPress website, which most of the people listening to this have, and it's likely to be something like a firewall or something like that. Um, right. Yeah. So, okay. Thinking about particular apps then um, and things that you found to be useful, let's let's just run through a, a laundry list of two or three of the ones in your life which have proved to be the most effective. If you could, if you, you feel able to run down, you know, mm. what it is that you've um, set up that you thought actually that was gold. I'm so glad I did that. <laughs> Yeah, so there's a couple. One is actually really basic in that it um, there's a, a built-in app in Zapier called Lead Score by Zapier. Uh, lead Score is a little bit, um, it's not really the right term. It's more of lead enrichment, which is the process of looking up someone by their email address and getting some more information. So this is like a whole industry of uh, companies that basically store data on people. I don't know how that works with GDPR, but you can essentially just put in an email address and get out a bunch of stuff about like how many people work for them or work at that company, where, what, what city that is. Um, so like this can be valuable information in knowing like a bit more about your client. So for example, uh, we, when someone signs up for content snare, uh, we send their email over to this tool and it comes back with how many staff they have. And if it's more than 10, uh, we know that they're in a better position to use Content Snare than, say, like a freelancer, right? Even though freelancers often use our software, um, those bigger companies tend to uh, like make better clients sometimes. Mm, yeah. So that is a really good flag for us. So then based on that, uh, we have a filter in the Zap that says if staff is greater than 10, uh, then drop it into my Trello. Right. So that enables me to immediately see if because I, I basically live in Trello. So immediately I can tell if the, like a big client has signed up. So there's another one, you know, I, you can you could set it to bigger than 100 staff, for yeah. example, you yeah. know, and, and this is the way that I got on top of a really big client that signed up for uh, content scenario one time, like like a top 10 airline in the world, a nice. really, really, really big company. And and this zap fired and dropped it right in front of me. And I was like onto them immediately and was able to give them really personalized support uh, live while they're using the app because we have an in-app chat. Um, and I, you know, I don't know if that aided us in getting the, the sale, but, um, you know, that's pretty cool that that was able to happen. Yeah, that is cool. That's really ingenious. I like that. And, and also speaks to the fact that there's so the zaps are happening and they feel like one directional. They feel to me like you know the example that i've just been continually using is gravity form into active campaign mm -hmm. but then interesting that you're polling some other service you're pushing it to another service and then they're giving you more information back which then leads to another mm -hmm. and all of a sudden it's like a circle of virtue mm -hmm. as opposed to just everything happening in one direction ah oh, that's fascinating yes yeah. so actions yeah actions do give you information back right like for example if you want to expand on that uh, act the uh, gravity forms to active campaign you're not just pushing it into Active Campaign. Active Campaign still responds and says, "Oh, we added that contact, or they were already there, and we updated them." So that could give you some data to say that, "Oh, this is an existing client. Do something different in the rest of the Zap." 
Right. Okay. That's really interesting. I, I, yeah. and I, I think that that is, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's anything that I'm going to learn from today, it is that actually that, um, that mm-hmm. it's giving more information back than I, I gave it credit for. And yeah, I need to pursue this a bit more. Any other good ones that you're happy with? Yeah. Um, just actually expanding on that last one. Mm. Um, there's a thing called digest, uh, by Zapier and it essentially builds up a list. So if I didn't want that uh, person to jump into my to Trello immediately, you can add it to a digest. And that just, it's a, an action in Zapier that just builds up a list of things, right? And then you can say every day at 5 p.m., release that digest and it will then continue on with the zap. And, and this is kind of hard to describe without screenshots. But so imagine at this point, it's like I've just put five people's email addresses into a digest. And then that digest releases, I can put the whole list into my Trello. So I can quickly scan through those five or however many people signed up that day that fit my criteria. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, so digest is awesome because you can do stuff like, I don't know, all the activity that happened in my project management system today, roll that up into a digest and email it to me at the end of the day. Uh, all the leads that signed up today, uh, send that to me at the end of the day. And it, it makes like a quickly scannable list for you to just go through. Um, so it's like mini reports, you know. Right. Okay. So do you then you then like bl- block out a, a few minutes of your day just to sort of s- quickly scrape through that and see what's happened and you know if anything's shouting out at you, you can see it and take action immediately. Well, see, I'm really bad at remembering to do stuff like that, and that's <laughs> why I do it as like a notification. So I'm not scraping out my time to do it. It just pops in right in front of me. Like I can e- you could email yourself if you're not in Trello, but Trello for me is life, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm in it constantly. So I see the notification and or see the card and I read it. Whereas, you know, some people like to email them to themselves or whatever as like a end of day report, end of week report, whatever. Um, So that was kind of just an extension of that one. Mm. Do you want me to go on with another? Maybe one more that you're really interested because I I did actually learn quite a lot from that one. That was really intriguing. So yeah, another one, probably there'll be another. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I mean, this one's kind of more relevant to us too, but in the, in the podcasting space, I have one that when, um, someone books in to go on my podcast, it takes a bunch of the questions. Uh, so, so I ask them for a little bit of an outline of what they want to talk about on the show. And it actually puts their name and their email and their websites and their, those questions into a Google document, which becomes my run sheet. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it just does some like, you can basically replace bits of a document um, with text. So like placeholders or variables within a document, um, which, you know, like that's a cool thing for a lot of designers right there. Like you can actually create uh, Google documents like an invoice or something um, and then use Google Cloud Print to turn that into a PDF, if you like. That's another Zapier app is Google Cloud Print. Um, so you can convert documents to PDFs. But back on my Zap, you know, like that that document then gets dropped into my Trello just before the podcast happens so I can open it up and run through the sheet. Good grief. Um, There's a lot going on there, isn't there? It sounds so, yeah, man. Sounds so, so, <laughs> so hang on a minute. So people fill out what I'm presuming is some kind of online form, whether that's Gravity form, mm-hmm. you know, some kind of online form. That then gets... Calendly, using Calendly. Calendly, okay, great. So Calendly then pushes it to Zapier. Zapier then is is told to create from variables uh, bits in a Google Doc, which then gets pushed to Trello based upon some sort of Calendly event, the time of yeah, the day time. that yep. the podcast is <laughs> taking place. 
and then it pops up. Okay, interesting. And um, how do you know, though, with that one, how do you know that you've actually got that event? Does it add it to Google Calendar as well or something? Yeah, so um, <laughs> you've got a few options, but what you can actually, so there's a delay step in Zapier and you can use uh, a math step to calculate how long it's got a delay for basically right. and then and then so you just leave it sat in that delay state the downside of this is delay supports a maximum of uh one month so you can there is a workaround um where you can actually just base it off google google calendar instead mm -hmm. um i actually that's like a thing a workaround i cover in my course is triggering zaps using uh google calendar because um yeah, like you kind of it falls down when you're trying to schedule things more than a month inside Zapier itself. So instead, you actually kind of have to create a Google Calendar event and then trigger another Zap based when that event actually happens. Yes. Uh, so that's a bit of a workaround, but it's something you have to do sometimes just because of that built in, um, I guess, that downside of Zapier, the maximum of a month delay. Yeah, you, you mentioned at the beginning that you, well, I, I kind of mentioned for you and you kind of, I think, agreed that you, you have a propensity to uh, to enjoy this kind of stuff. Are there any things <laughs> where you've caught yourself, I mean, this is just a total aside, any things where you've, mm. you've kind of caught yourself halfway through the creation of an automation and thought, this is so pointless I'm simply <laughs> doing this because I'm enjoying it, you know, as in it's got no benefit. There's no way this will kind of get triggered often enough. So not so much anymore. No. When I was getting started, absolutely. But now I'm kind of intentional. You know, I know that I, like, I'm generally going in with the idea and trying to see if I can build it more often than not. You right, know, like right. it's. So recently, like, I, you know, this is kind of complex, but I built a referral system. I wanted to have a gravity form that like people could claim a coupon code and then it would auto, it would put that coupon code into our billing system. That That's like one zap. And then the next zap was basically, oh, sorry, and it would add them to a sheet so we knew who that coupon belonged to. Yep. Uh, Google Sheet. And then I wanted to, uh, you know, I didn't know if this was possible and I'm just sort of working through and then create another zap that when a purchase is made, it finds the coupon, looks up the person in that same Google sheet and applies a credit to their account. So I knew that I wanted to do that, right? I wanted to create like a coupon, uh, have people be able to claim a coupon. And then if that coupon's used, give the owner a credit. Like that's all I was going in with, right? Um, but it's I spent maybe like, I don't know, an hour building that out because I just didn't know what was possible. But because I was intentional, I guess, about knowing what I wanted to build, um, I wasn't really wasting time. I just got the job done. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that if I had been instructed to uh, to do that same thing, the the hour would have happily expanded up to a week. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that suddenly, suddenly the sort of economic rationale for it. Just, just one of the things which occurs to me when you talk about this stuff is, uh, obviously, in your case, you're like a real expert with this, and you've got a, a, a very high level knowledge of how it all works. But, but during the conversation, we've talked about all sorts of ways that it, it's producing data. So, you know, it's producing this uh, digest. It's producing like a logging of errors. Um, it's producing Google Sheets for you. It's pushing stuff into different CRMs and so on. Do, do, do you sort of ever get kind of overwhelmed with the, like where, I, I've completely forgotten <laughs> where this stuff's ending up. Like what, what Google Sheet was that? Where, where does that live? <laughs> how, how did I achieve that? You know, is there a, a notion of looking back 
thinking, whoa, okay, it was great to automate it, but now I've got just too much <laughs> stuff that's happening. Yes, uh, absolutely. And the way I've kind of dealt with that is naming conventions and folder structures, right? right. Like, um, I think that's every time I don't stick to my rules of those two things, I end up in exactly that state you were describing, just so confused. Like, where the hell is that bloody sheet? that I know these the, like this zap is pulling from, but yeah. I can't find it, you know? Oh yeah. All the time. So, um, <laughs> I am, I've gotten pretty diligent with creating folders in Zapier cause you can do that and naming my zaps the right way and actually naming the steps of the zap in the right way. Right. So like if I search for certain things, like when you do a search through your whole Zapier account, it'll actually pull up like it's matching the step names within each zap as well. Okay. So that makes it a lot easier to find something. You know, if I'm if I'm working with PayPal, I'm going to search PayPal, and uh, then every zap that contains PayPal is going to come up. It's going to make it a lot easier to find. Uh, and the same thing with the sheets themselves, because I, I, I use a lot of sheets in zaps, and I generally try to have like a folder for Zapier sheets um, for different functions, for yeah. example, like different different folders you know if it's if it's for social media stuff all the the sheets related to that are in one folder um sheets related to project management are in another folder etc yeah. um anybody who has a digital life longer than a month old can identify with the problem of <laughs> just trying to find anything it's you know we all come up with our own naming conventions but yeah the amount of times i don't stick to it because it's just quicker just uh, just type something oh yeah <laughs> it's just so easy here's a question i remember several years ago this is a lot of years ago, probably five or six, Troy Dean in a Facebook post um, venting on Zapier because some of his automation, I don't know if the system went down or the platform went down, but a ton of his stuff just failed for a period of time. And I don't know if it was like, um, you know, they'd set something up incorrectly or, you know, like I say, the system went down. But it feels like, you know, I use Google Reader uh, as my RSS reader and then then it went away. They just pulled the plug. Zapier presumably has to be profitable. It has to be um, up and running. You Are you completely um, trusting Zapier? Are, are there any parts of you which are sort of saying, I am really in deep on this one platform. I, I'm slightly concerned that it's going to be around in a decade or five years or whatever. Um, not really. Because, I mean, I, I'm saving enough time now that it kind of makes it all worthwhile. Uh, I don't think they're going anywhere. Hmm. But the, you can apply this same thing to anything, right? Yeah. Like any yeah. tool that you're using. Like Zapier is just connecting a few other tools, um, you know, and you could maybe make the argument that you're better off using an all-in-one platform. But then what if that all-in-one platform goes away? Right. You know? <laughs> you're screwed. Um, I actually prefer to use like a master, like I I like the kind of jack of all trades versus master of none thing, um, where like I like to um, use best in class apps and connect them all with Zapier, um, rather than like a jack of all trades, um, one that like an all in one type platform. Yeah. So then, I mean, in, in what you're talking about, it's almost like spreading your risk as well, you Mm -hmm. know, like. Like if one of those apps goes away, you can just find a replacement. But I know that, yeah, sure, Zapier, Zapier could go away, um, but then maybe you just move it all to Integromat or something. You know, like right. I, I feel like this is an industry that's here to stay. Um, yeah, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. That's yeah. good. Um, just another sort of question. In in the era, I mean, 
I'm sure you're the same as me. You probably get countless emails every day where it's pretty clear that automation has been heavily applied to the email that you've received. You know, it's got mm-hmm. like the uh, the I don't know the the grammar seems all wrong. The the fact that your company name <laughs> just simply doesn't fit in that sentence, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, clumsy use of your first name and all of this kind of stuff. Do, yep. do you do you do you have any sort of caveats about automating things that are kind of user facing? The, the reason I'm saying this is because it feels like there's a certain segment of the market which is which is rejecting this you know things things like bonjourno i, f- I forget if that's maybe bonjourno i can't remember how you pronounce mm-hmm. it um mm-hmm. and dob and all these various different apps who who are making the exact opposite decision and although you can automate various things in there you know it's more about the personal touch do, do you have any mm-hmm. sort of feelings about yeah. that like things not um, to automate Absolutely, but I, like I still classify Bonjoro as an automation tool. Good. Uh, so I don't I don't see it as opposite at all. I use Bonjoro, and in fact, I'm a big uh, proponent of, I guess I'd call it like um, automation assisted personalization. Like, yeah. so for example, instead of what I used to do is when certain people signed up, I would sit down at my computer. Sorry, signed up for Content Snare. I would sit down. I would use Loom or something. You know, before Loom, it was something even more like difficult. But yeah, yeah. I'd have to be at my computer and I hit the Loom button. I record. I talk to them and then I hit uh, copy the link and I put it in an email and I send it to them. Right. But with Bonjoro, uh, when someone signs up, it pops up as a notification on my phone. I click the notification. I record a video for thirty seconds. Hit send and it's done. Nice. So all the, everything around that is automated. Yeah. But you still personalize the message, and and this is like uh, that example before when certain clients signed up, I would um, drop that into my Trello and manually reach out to them. Yeah. You know, so that that bit wasn't automated. Mm-hmm. It was like assisted. It was automation assisted, so that it told me now go and talk to them. You can take it another step further and you could I could have got it to create a draft Gmail in my account uh, and then put put the link to that in my Trello for me to open up the draft, complete it and then send it to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's there are all these ways you can still personalize. Yeah, I really like that. The way that you've just described that. Um, I think you've just summed that up perfectly. In, in effect, the bits that you want to be very personal, you are simply getting notifications. OK, it's time to do the personal thing. Uh, which which is nice. I think that's a really nice, healthy balance. I, I think it's I think it's really nice when you get those kind of videos and something somebody has clearly taken a personal step. And actually, the 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 people who make the effort to do that, I feel, are, are separating themselves. Uh, you know, you're like oceans apart from the people who simply send out the the automated message because mm-hmm. we live in an era where or, or automation is so prevalent. That getting a personal message in your case, you know, you're holding up the phone, you're getting a video. Somebody's actually said my name on the video. It's pretty clear James mm-hmm. did this. You know, this is not mm-hmm. AI. This is not James AI. This is actual James. I think that's great. Really nice. Um, <laughs> you said earlier that you were a certified um, Zapier expert, but it goes a little bit further than that because I would I would like you to promote your your Zapier course <laughs> um, because you haven't just uh, come on here to you know to tell us all about what what it is that you can do. You come with a Zapier mastery course as well. So tell us a little bit about that, where we can find it, what its primary purpose is, who maybe it's mm. suitable for. Is it beginners, experts, what? Yeah. So the reason that exists, uh, thanks thanks for that by the way. Um, yeah. Like for introducing it, but uh, 
The reason it exists is because literally so many people were asking me about Zapier. Like it, it I had some people uh, in the local community here in Brisbane say like literally i will give you money to teach me zapier and i was like uh but like i don't think you will i think that's a lie <laughs> yeah so because you know until people put their money where their mouth is so i did like a pre-sale pre-launch um to see if people actually would and, and lots of people did so then i went oh crap i better make the course <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. i i was kind of expecting it to be like oh yeah see everyone was actually kidding um i can go on and do whatever i was doing before now but uh, <laughs> then yeah like the the response kind of blew me away so now i made the course um uh, it basically covers um it basically covers basics <laughs> it starts with the <laughs> basics and goes through to advanced, right? So um, that was always the thing in the back of my mind is like, I, in fact, I had a single person, a friend of mine who is so like anti-tech, uh, well, not anti-tech, just like doesn't really know anything about tech. I had her in my mind the entire time I was creating this course um, because like, if I had to explain it to someone that just had no idea, how would I do this? Yeah. Um, so that's why I start really, really basic um, and then work my way through to some of the most advanced tactics I know with Zapier that even like a lot of experts that I've spoken to don't know, like think just workarounds and ways to work with sheets that uh, generally people don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually quite funny. Uh, a, a guy, if you if you go to where the course is at jimmyrose.me, um, it says Zapier Mastery, but you just click Zapier course in the uh, the main header and it'll take you there. There's actually a testimonial from a guy that said, uh, and, and offline uh, outside of that testimonial, he said he went back to the first, uh, he, he actually did the course twice. And the second time through, he was like, oh my God, you must have been so bored uh, recording these first few because now that I actually know what I'm doing and I go back, they seem so easy. And I was like, yes, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. really difficult. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was exactly what I've tried to do is take it from really, really simple and build up slowly um, to the super advanced stuff. Um, and Gabriel, the guy in the testimonial said he never used Zapier and two days afterwards, he built an 18 step zap that saves him an hour a day. So no, whoa, that was really whoa. fun. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. I mean, that's a proper testimonial, isn't it? Um, right? So what, what <laughs> format does it take? Are we watching a bunch of uh, videos with you on the screen and you sharing your screen and so on? And, and how many, how, how long does the course take to roughly yeah. take to complete it's it's uh yes yeah, just videos and me there's a facebook uh, group that goes along with it um and you know occasionally i share other stuff in there um but yeah for now i mean i plan on building on this but right now i think it's about 52 videos or something maybe four hours or three hours okay. i actually can't remember now yep. i should know but i don't it's okay <laughs> Um, there's plenty in there and roughly speaking, what's the, uh, the time of recording this video, obviously we won't commit you to anything. What's the, what's the investment required to, uh, to get this in your, in your it's, bag? Uh, it's currently three ninety nine US, but okay. you know what? Um, because this isn't going out live, I guess I can create a coupon. <laughs> ah, uh, okay. Yeah, why not? Um, WP builds, right? <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, um, you don't have to commit yourself to the amount. That's no, no, no. Fun. 
No, we'll go a hundred bucks off for WP oh, nice. bills. Okay. Yeah, That's down great. to um two ninety nine. I just got to make sure I put this so, in. My okay. Uh, I'll, I'll either edit that bit out or just keep it in and uh, and show how very nice you are. So two ninety nine if you use the coupon code WP bills. I promise that was completely unsolicited. Very nice. Thank you very much. And you can find that just to be very clear. Although I'll drop it into the show notes. James Rose's sort of personal website, if you like, is jimmyrose.me. Um, J i double m y r o s e dot me. And the course can be found in the main menu at the top, or if you want to be old school, forward slash Zapier hyphen mastery. And that will get you there. And you can see James right at the top in a video. And, uh, and you know, you click on the button, get Zapier mastery and take it over to the <laughs> cart. That's great. Um, the other thing, very briefly, is um, I'd like you to talk about Content Snare, your other main project. What, what does it do? Because I know that uh, it's a super fit for our audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in fact, I think I've uh, been on the podcast have. many moons ago to yeah. talk about yeah. uh, Content Snare. But Probably it's updated recently, hasn't it? It's been gone through a, a huge UI mm. overhaul and we're on V2 now. Yes. Um, yeah, I think I was on your podcast back in 2017. Okay, that's <laughs> right at the beginning. That's a yeah. long time ago, yeah. Um, but yeah, a big version 2 overhaul. Um, so for people that don't know, it's a, it's a platform to make it easier to get content from clients. So it's typically used by digital agencies uh, to collect website content or marketing content, uh, even things like website questionnaires, creative briefs. Like I'm seeing new uses for it every day. I, I'm almost saying it's it's a platform to collect information from anyone um, because people are yeah. using it for all kinds of stuff. I've been I've been content snared by our own tool for speaker information before an event. Um, <laughs> that's how you, I felt like I'd made it when I got, yeah, somebody actually it. used it on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of versatile, but the biggest use for it is website content. And the idea is to make one central place, um, to collect everything, you know, rather than trying to do it through documents and here and there and everywhere and, um, shared folders and, and these email trails that end up massive and version control kind of gets out of whack um they send the wrong files so it's kind of just one place for it all where you can constrain what they put in and then it automatically uh, reminds them uh, on a schedule to actually follow like to put the content in so you're not having to do that yeah and let's be honest we all know that that is a real actual definite problem you know uh, james <laughs> is not making this up in the hopes that you go out and buy a, a use the sap app sas app we actually need this good grief the amount of times the amount of times the amount of time i waste yeah so in a sense it's automation for that um yeah go Pretty and check much, it out yeah, specific automation yeah contentsnare.com um Good grief, we're on 53 minutes, James. Wow. Whoa, uh, we, we sort of really? aimed for about 30 to 40, and uh, we've, totally, we've totally overreached. So um, I'm going to... Sorry I'm about gonna, that. No, no, no. no it's, it, I was really, really interested. Do you know, I, this is an area, although I haven't had it as one of my New Year's resolutions, if you like, it is an area that I feel I'm going to need to get better at because of various things that are happening in my life this year. So uh, I'll probably be knocking on your door at some point. I'm going to hand the floor to you, uh, Whatever you like, Facebook groups, Twitter URLs, regular URLs, anything you want to mention, uh, go for it. Oh, gosh. I mean, it really is just go to the jimmyrose.me if you um, click the YouTube link. I hope it's there somewhere. <laughs> if you search for Jimmy Rose on, uh, on YouTube, you'll find me. That's kind of the main way I'm communicating with people now is sort of automation videos and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If you do want to get me on Twitter, it's underscore Jimmy Rose. 
And on Instagram, it's get Jimmy Rose. Story behind that, don't ask. <laughs> okay, I, I won't ask in that case. James, 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 thank you so much. I realise it's probably ridiculously late o'clock where you are. Uh, thanks for joining us on WP Builds today. I really appreciate it. Nathan, it's been a pleasure and I hope that was helpful. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that. It was an absolute pleasure chatting to James about that stuff. It's an area that I've got real interest in, but somehow I haven't really managed to to get to the excellent heights that James had. So hopefully some real interesting content in there and things that you can actually implement. I certainly hope so. The WP Builds podcast was brought to you today by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your AB Split Test in record time? The new AB Split Test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part, it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. You can check it out at absplittest.com. Right, we produce a lot of content each and every week. The next thing you're going to hear will be a podcast on Monday. It's the WP Builds Weekly WordPress News. That comes out at 7am UK time. Also, we'll be live at 2pm UK time to discuss that news. I'll be joined by some notable WordPress guests. And as I said at the top of the show, I'll be joined on Tuesday live by Sabrina Zaidan so that we can talk about how to increase the reach of our plugins. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now.